So starting, oh, Zaba, how old are you? Man, God, old enough. You're old enough. You're old enough to be a class clearly. I'm, I'm very legal. I'm very legal. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to this special episode of Girl in Skies podcast. A happy Father's Day to all our kings, to all our future kings. Um, today's episode is super special to us. Uh, we are joined by four dear friends of ours who come and who come together to speak about their experiences as black men. So they touch on topics like relationships, they talk about family, they talk about what culture is and what it means to them. They also talk about aspects surrounding Black Lives Matter. They talk about interactions with law enforcement. Um, we have thoroughly enjoyed listening to this episode and we hope that you will too. Sit back, relax and enjoy. <laughs> so anyway, it, it'll be interesting. So who's your, who, who, who do you guys, um, who, do you, who are you more drawn to, like on the pod? Awo, my chance. The question. This is just to listen things up. I think I think you are you are um gin and tonic. You you balance each other out. Yeah. And without <laughs> without one the other. What's a diplomatic <laughs> answer? <laughs> Yay. Yay. That's the right I mean, I mean my, my, my initial experience of, of uh of the podcast, I was immediately drawn to Nat. Immediately. <laughs> Only it was a slow burn, and I think I even remarked to you, Tony, sometime, Uti. When I, you, had a, you had a Capricorn. You had, you had a, a slow bear now. Yeah. But eventually, you kind of caught up, you know, in my estimation. No, I did. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But, um, you know, you're both, you're both, you're both different um, in, in, in the yeah. way you are approach conversations uh, yeah, yeah. but equally important and uh, I'm now drawn <laughs> to the both of you. So one two to Natasha. And I say I plead the fifth. <laughs> exactly Connie no guys don't allow Connie to do this Connie like hey I feel like I've known you guys from a, a lifetime, you know? Even me and Nat went to the same boarding school, so I just, yeah. But you went in the same stream. No, we're not. But you know, we 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 go way back. We go way back. Uh, I was telling answer. Yeah, (laughs) way back. No, they Mm -hmm. they go go really well together. It's it's inseparable, inseparable. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think I'm the I think I'm the anchor to this um to 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 the thing. Natasha just flies high. I'm just there, just drawing her back in. But yeah, no, anyway, guys, enjoy your recording. We're going to leave. Enjoy your takeover, guys. Bye. Bye. This is it. That top is very appropriate now. Very appropriate. Hey, I need me one of those. Now we're in Newcastle United. I got a 90th anniversary one, uh, but uh, it was when I was still slim. So now it's framed. Now it's framed. Yeah, yeah, it has, has to go on the frame. Yeah, uh, mine's saying to get a bit tight as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. 
right. Anyway, guys, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? Now we're alive, bro. We're alive. Mm. Yeah, we're there. We are, we are within. Don't, don't we all miss the barber? Yeah, I need a lineup. I need I need that fade. I had to struggle, bro. Yeah. I Man, I, I think I'm I'm gonna to adopt this this look. Like this uh, are, you, are you loving it? I, I love it. Uh, and we got like, good, re good, good I, reviews. I, I, th I think this hairline is a problem, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, so let. <laughs> any, anyway, let, let's let's jump into it, guys. Let's jump into it. Like uh, first, first topic, I guess. Well, let's let's just talk about relationships. What do you think's happened to relationships in the diaspora, as, as per se? How, uh, what do you guys think? Like, what's who's getting it wrong? Is it women? Is it men? <laughs> I think I think with relationships, we're we're getting into a very interesting aspect of relationships where we were kind of raised in that society where like the man is the breadwinner, you know, the woman is expected to look after the like look after the kids at home. But now we're in a society where both people are out there to hustle. Both people are out there to be breadwinners, and it's very and I think where a lot of the miscommunication comes from is that you have people that are like, okay, cool, we're both breadwinners, we're both going to look after the kids, we're both going to contribute to the household, we're both going to build together with people that are like, all right, cool, the man has to be the breadwinner, um, the man has to do this, has to be expected to do this, the woman has to be expected to do that. So I think, like, especially in the diaspora, because like I know here in, here in Boston, like a lot of the American people that I meet here very much have that, like, we split everything idea, like both people are working, both people looking after the kids like that very very equal 50 50 contribution thing i think like you'll talk to some people from back home and they're like yeah really the man has to pay for everything and like you know like uh, the woman must do this the woman must cook all the time the woman must wash dishes so it's like just that disconnect gets very confusing yeah for me i think um we that, that, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so what, I was, what, I was, what I was gonna say for me, like I think if you if you left Zimbabwe, say between ninety nine and maybe two thousand and five, six or whatever, and you're probably between the ages of eighteen to, to thirty, you you probably are maybe facing the same issues as a lot of people, like in the sense that maybe some people's expectations were like to have a relationship that's like back home where the men's a breadwinner. Uh, I think when people came here and suddenly, um, you know, I think what really and, and did a lot of people was uh, the jobs that people were, were, were doing then, like the women went to sort of do uh, nursing and stuff like that. And so Amanyama Doda, they stayed like, they wanted sevens are like menial jobs that were like manly, right? And suddenly now you've got women earning more money and uh, like that dynamics just like flipped and i think yeah, yeah people people struggled to um to you know to adapt to that and i think you know you can Banchu, who came back from back home to come to this country or anywhere else like uh that are still together now i think uh, that's been a big big issue mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I echo the same sentiments, but then uh, all of this um, 
that, that you're talking about, uh, I'm told, backed up by research, but there's a guy called Dr. Chiwai, um, who lives in the UK, uh, he came from Zimbabwe, and did this research, and he echoed the same sentiments that um, dynamics quickly changed, whereby people came from Zim, and they were married, and the man was the breadwinner, they suddenly came here, and then the woman is earning much, much more, and the man is doing a men menial job, and is getting uh, almost emasculated at, at home. And then that's where all the tensions uh, start to rise and, 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 and people start to kind of drift their, 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 their separate ways because um, they, they haven't been able to negotiate the new realities of, of, of life. Yeah. I, also think like, I also think like men are also a bit to blame and, and the tension with that because, you know, if, if you if your entire value is being the breadwinner and if if you're using your ability to make more money than your partner as your only value in the relationship once that's taken away from you you start asking yourself the question what what else do i bring to this relationship and if you can't bring anything else then that's on you like if you can't be that emotional support then that's on you if, if all you can be is the person that's going to pay the bills once that's taken from you what more are you going to do do you know how to look after the kids do you know how to cook and look after the house? Do you know how to be emotionally supportive and be there for your partner? Do you know how to listen to your partner? You know? Yeah. That's the thing that we never get taught as men. All we're ever taught is go out there, make your money, uh, you know, get get your wife, have your kids, buy a nice house, buy a nice car, and then that's it. Then you've done well. Yeah. You're a successful man. Yeah. So I, I, think, I, think, I think I think sorry, just to just to I think we the 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 move from from more sort of uh, traditional cultures into um, more sort of what's the word egalitarian societies um, where um, the feminist movement has really um, advanced the uh, the uh, the cause for for women in society. I think I think as as men we we have struggled to adapt. Obviously, um, I think most of us here would, would have been brought up in uh, under very uh, patriarchal sort of conditions at home. Our fathers were the typical, you know, you know, what I say goes. Uh, so when, when we then move from that sort of power dynamic, into a society where men and women have, well, maybe not quite achieved um, equality as such, but, you know, uh, it's a bit more balanced. Uh, as men, we have definitely struggled with, um, with that. Uh, like Gundava said, Witi, you know, uh, we both go out, we work, um, whether it's nine to five or whatever job it is. But Mina, as the man, I'm going to come home uh, and then expect Uji Ungosiga's lie coming from a shift uh, is going to come and cook for me, you know. Um, and that's where we, we as men have failed to, to, to adapt and sort of redefine our roles, you know, because unfortunately in this society, uh, one, one income household, unless you have a very, very good job, it's very, it's very hard to run a home um, on, on one income. Uh, most, most uh, you know, homes survive on, on two incomes. So you need both parents out working. So 
when it comes uh, back to the home, you need both parents' um, hands on deck, helping out. Yeah. Let's put on the aprons, guys. Get pega, do the yeah. hoovering, get some windy, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I mean, I, I find I find it interesting. The other day, um, somebody posted like, uh, have, "Have you ever, have you ever has your dad ever prepared a meal for you or something like that on Twitter?" I don't know if you guys saw that. And what came to mind was one time back home, um, it was just me and my dad at, at, uh, at the weekend. Uh, and then he said, don't worry, I'll cook for you. And then he goes, he goes on to take out a mackerel without, he didn't even gut it. He chopped it up, <laughs> put it in a pot, boiled it. And he called me, he was so proud of himself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like it was the most horrendous thing I ever ever had to eat in like fish guts like a bitter as hell. Yeah, I guess I guess like what you're saying, Tabuguti, maybe we, we need to adapt. We need to uh you know cook. I like cooking so I don't have an issue. Uh things like Paduke Simkanankesis. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to. I think we need dishwasher, Bella. <laughs> I, I guess that's the only thing. I, 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 I'll, I'll clean. I'll do everything. But yeah, but that's not important. Anyway, what do you think's like um, the solution to 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 this? Like, if you, uh, Lee, Usen Jinuena, uh, with your missus, how do you do this? How do you manage like duties between yourselves? Um. It just depends on who's got the capacity. So, like, um, at the moment, been working from home for, for three months. Uh, so, obviously, it would be an unreasonable for me to expect her to, to cook and, and, and do the dishes. So, uh, so I, I, I try, try and do everything. I try and keep the house clean. And, uh, you know, it, uh, I've become so domesticated, it's unreal. <laughs> so 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 what if the the in-laws come do you cook for them um i i haven't been faced with but yeah yeah it's it's something i'm i'm i'd be more than happy to do i've i've done it in the in the past so i it's it's not it's just um i think in there from a a a cultural point of view yeah you know there's there there are people who might have something to say about that um this kitchen Yes, yes, yeah, but yeah, honestly, I, I, I don't really mind it. It's just yeah. as as a younger guy here. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, where where do you see yourself? Say, if you get into a relationship. Um, oh, I'm I'm definitely fifty fifty. Um, because you know, for me, my. My whole aspect about being in a relationship with someone is that you're you're building this partnership with this person with this person and you're you're kind of both building your household together. Um so you know, like if I'm with someone that's working just as hard as I am, like I it's very unreasonable to expect them to to kind of do all the chores. Plus, Toa, as you know, I love cooking. Love, love cooking. All right. So like I'll be that. like <laughs> so I'll be so for me it's like if I'm with someone, it's 50-50. We're both building the house together. We're both taking care of the house together. We're both raising the kids together. Because, um, again, like what Tavo said, like, 
in this economy, it's very unreasonable to have like a one house, like a like a single income household. Um, yeah. It's also like just for your own quantity of life. It's it's it's. I think it's silly to to rely on a, on a single income household. Um, and also just think like out of fairness, like there's you know like you have to contribute. You have to 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 pull your weight. So, what's your criteria then for um, going out there searching for the perfect wife? Um, think about sort of like interracial relationships. Is that something you you you'd give a chance? So, I <laughs> I would give a chance, but my my only the only reason why like I'm very hesitant with interracial relationships is is more of the cultural aspect of it. And not necessarily that that person will know my culture, but it's, it's two things. One, it's there's a huge chance that either their parents don't like that they're with a black person or like their cousins don't like that they're with a black person. So you have to deal with that. Um, and then maybe their parents like seem fine to you, but then now when you have a black child and like you're at Christmas together and you see like, the, you know, like you see their grand, like her parents treating like their white grandkids better than like their black grandchildren. Like for me, like the person, I, those are the kind of things that I'll think about when, you know, getting into this relationship. Um, and also another thing that I've realized with, with, uh, with being in a lot of interracial situations is that people who aren't Black will want to take you to non-Black spaces all the time. So, like, they'll take you to, like, breweries and farmers markets and, like, places where you're the only Black person they're completely fine with it. Dare you take them to a place where they're the only white person, like, they'll leave immediately or they'll be very uncomfortable or they won't want to go and like you know and not every white person's like that like you know my my siblings um are with are all in interracial relationships and their partners are like the most fantastic people i have ever met and they they like their parents are absolutely fantastic towards the whole family um they're always very eager to go out and like you know be like go with my siblings into black spaces as much as my siblings like going to their spaces so you don't really feel that animosity so if i find people like that that's fine the problem is finding people like that is extremely rare like extremely extremely rare and that's that's where i where i kind of have a problem yeah terrible well i, I, I think, I think Mina, for me personally love is a choice and you choose who you um, fall in love with. So I, I have made it an intentional thing to date uh, and be with uh, my own. Um, yeah, you know, uh, culture, you know, culture, navigating cultures, obviously that's a huge, huge thing. So um, by, by your own, you mean like, um, be specific, like black, the, do they have to be Zimbabwean, do they have to be in Devele? I, ideally Zimbabwe, I, Zimbabwean, I think at a, at a, okay, Southern African at a minimum. Southern African okay. at a minimum. The best, best would be Ndebele, of course. Um, but Southern African uh, generally will be, will be okay. Um, you know, um, the other day I was, I was tweeting about um, black saying, you know, if I go into racial now, so many, Explain it, black tax, as the, you know, suppose hey, well, dream it, receipt link, yani, why mama salum to me, mali, you know, it's just, you know, if you're someone who is who is of your of your own kind, you know, you, they they understand the struggle, do you know what I mean, uh, and you don't have to explain a lot of things, you know, in depth. 
so 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 you know for me it's things like that that i that i uh, i really think about and uh yeah that's 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 me so 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 my next relationship uh <laughs> your next one <laughs> <with you. laughs> my next relation my next relationship yes oh my dear well, is that's Oh, you're putting yourself out there. I'm putting myself out there. <laughs> Shameless plan. Shameless why, why not? Why not? Why not? Why I think. I think for for me, I, I I'm afraid it, I may may come across as being shallow, but I always say like I just want to come home and just say push up, you know, and they literally just that. get me. Do you know what I mean? I feel, uh, I feel that. And. Obviously, we've been we're all old enough to have been in relationships with you know people from different uh, cultures, uh, blah blah blah. And I think what I quickly found out was that yeah, I I kind of miss konokunjuuti. You know, you're with somebody that understands everything. Konokunjuuti, if we're arguing, you understand me at say You know, well, not that I'll say that. But. <laughs> no, but. But on that point, though, so I've been in a relationship with uh, with an African American woman, and she was very, very, like, very, very, very hard going about learning, learning this and right? So, like, I remember I was on the phone with a friend, and then the phone I was like, "All right, shows coke," and then she asked me, "It's like, oh, what does shows coke mean?" And I, you know, explained it to her, and then she's like, oh, "Okay, cool." And then uh, every time we'd be on the phone with her, she would say, "All right, shop shows coke." So it's it's fine being with people that are outside your culture as long as they're willing to do that. Like she would she would understand what fatigue meant, and I'd be like, I want to fatigue, and she's like, allow it, you know, because like because like they they put that effort in to learn the culture, and also put my effort into learning her culture as well. Uh, but when you meet someone that like just doesn't want to at all, then that's uh, so it becomes like thing. Yeah. Is is temple matter that like what do you guys think? Um, if um yes you've if, just triggered you, you've just triggered me carry on if, 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 you're, if, if you're allowed would you um, I that's a trick that's a trick question <laughs> I, I wouldn't i wouldn't it's stressful it's a very stressful environment to be in no, I, I think perhaps we probably need to understand the the reason it used to exist in the in the first place uh but whether it applies to to the modern day i i don't think it does we 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 can't do that the, these days but and you know not everyone could have loads of, of cattle so if you're able to have loads of wealth then you know um yeah you could have loads of women but well we're not in that world anymore so i don't think it, it particularly works now. How, how do you support them financially, emotionally? How how do, how do you even do it? So, no, even that, yeah. bro, how do you get a house big enough? Because like my grand, like my grandfather had twelve wives, and just wow. built homes, just just built homesteads for them. It was like build a homestead, yeah. let's go do your thing. How are you gonna do that now in London? You're gonna get a twelve bedroom flat. <laughs> I, th- I think I think I think it, it was probably more to do with like back in the day, um, men used to go to war, so um, men died more often than women did. So there were a lot of like um, you know women that were left without men. That's why they used to remarry them, um, you know, to Amakeku and other things. So 
Yeah, I, 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 I do agree with you, Lee. There's definitely, this is not the time I think that's gone. I heard Nat one time saying she's, she's considering it. She's warming up to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, t- we'll, t- we'll take it to task on that one. Have you guys watched that uh, uh, program, the South Africa? Yeah, I'm bruh, 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 bruh. It's, which one is this? Kandu, this Tim. So this this there's guy. Has, Tim. Yeah, and there's there's Nawetu as well. No, yeah, he's, yo, we have Yeah, that's that's how it started. This guy's yeah. got five wives. Uh, all of his wives have got individual houses. Um, they all have their own card. I call this Gorokoro. He, he did, um, as part of the program, he presented them all with uh, C-class Mercedes, one, one each, you know, personalized plates and everything. Yeah, so obviously he's a man of means. He's, 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 he's got the, the wealth and he can, he can do it. And these things are probably possible in, in South Africa, but Lapis is Lapa Diaspora, not that I'll do it anyway, but you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, we can't do that here. It's it's not. I don't know if they cash money, go for it. If you are, if you've got the money, go for it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you've got the money, you've got people willing to go for it. Yeah, yeah. each but, person should do their own. So, so why why do why do men cheat then? Um, what what why do men cheat? Is it because they just want something else? Or it, so this this whole thing, like you know. Polygamy maybe is something, right? If you instead of cheating, if you're allowed to, is that better? So, so I suppose what, what you're trying to sort of um, the angle you're sort of trying to come in on is uh, polygamy is sanitized is sanitized cheating, I suppose. Pretty much, <laughs> sanitized. Which, which you know, because I I referenced that uh, this program Mumna, which I never watched the Tanganyika um, Temple. But I watched him now, and you know, all of the guys who were who were featuring on this program uh, were obviously introducing second wives to their to their first wives or potential second wives to their first wives. And um, you know, someone was saying, "Oh, I've been in a relationship with this woman for eight years." Or when you're saying for three, you know, so so all he's just doing really is just sanitizing his cheating. But at the end of the day, he is cheating. The way I understand polygamy, um, I think I think there's sort of various schools of thought on on how it was done. But I I I was made to believe that it's actually undungul. So the 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 main wife, the the first wife, would say would ah. Whether saying Dini where uh, I need help, you know, you know, and you know, so then it, it sort of it wasn't instigated by the man, but it was instigated by the wife to say whether I'm tired, I need help with looking after the home, or uh, if the man still wanted more children, and the first wife is like, I don't want more kids. Uh, or I can't have more kids, then it's okay for you to bring in a second wife. But how it's being done now, you know, these women, good-looking women, you know, and I'm sorry, but the guys who were on that show were, were, were not of Mselekumi, 
You know what I mean? So it's almost like these women are being conscripted by these men uh, to to essentially be slaves because they are, he's not that man is not providing anything. You know, these women are, are expect well are expected to work. They work, and then they also look after the home. So you then think that then what is we're now as the man? What are you doing? All you're just doing is giving this woman children and and that's all and that's where your responsibility ends. But isn't the fascinating idea. thing that the, mm-hmm. the women, the second women, they're they're all in, they're all in wholeheartedly. That's they're that ready that. to 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 do the whole thing and be a second wife and, and be <coughs> subservient to, to the first and it was it, the whole dynamic is so crazy. It's it's unreal. It is. It is, and, and not to bash anyone's um, culture. You know, I'm 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 not bashing anyone's culture, but yeah, it's 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 um, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It actually it actually left a very sour taste in my mouth. I was just like, I just felt like the guys who were who were on the show let <laughs> let let the gender down. <laughs> Because I know those. Then what, what then do you think about French presidents? We've, we've known for years that French presidents always have yeah, business. Yeah. But that's, that's just the French being French. Out of the culture. In fact, if you don't cheat, it's rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this one, this one, is it Macron? Macron doesn't have. A mistress, I don't think. Well, he's well, in no, love with this. No, 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 yeah. What, what do you guys like um, think about? Something will come out. <laughs> what do you guys think about like being a first generation immigrant? Like, uh, I'm sure all of us here, um, away from home, what 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 have been the challenges, just generally? I think for me the challenge is, is just consistently just consistently having to explain stuff because you know like you'll do stuff differently or you'll cook something differently or you'll say like something differently and then when people keep asking you like what do you mean by that you know then that's when you realize that like oh I'm not home and now you're at that weird you, you get to that weird spot where you're like Okay, I've been away from home for so long. If I stop cooking things this way, if I stop saying things this way, if I stop speaking a certain way, you know, do I lose my identity? Am I now, you know, like I'll be thinking, like I'll be thinking, like ten years down the line, will I now officially be an American? Will I always be Zimbabwean? You know, what's what's the like? What, you feel, how does your identity do you, go forward? Do you feel like you're losing your identity <laughs> slowly but surely? Yeah, I think it's, I, I do think it's a lot easier for me having moved here recently than to like a, a lot of people that moved here a, a while ago, more of a like, I can still, you know, talking to you guys, uh, still keep in touch with friends from back home, you know, if a song comes out from Zimbabwe, South Africa, like I'll know about it today. So it is a lot easier to keep track. But the difference is like, get December, for example, right? All your mates back home are like posting pictures of them, like having fries, turning up from December one. You know, here it's snowing and people are singing jingle bells, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's bruh, so you, get that, you get that disconnect like you keep track of your culture but you feel it starts to feel like you're studying your culture like a course in college as opposed to like that culture being part of your life yeah. do, do you guys feel like um when you've come come to like these foreign countries you've kind of had to change yourself in order to relate better at work you know uh, you you just you, you completely change as that's a person big. and 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 you you almost like have to imagine yourself having grown up in the UK when you when you're young just so you can relate to these guys watch a bit more football than you you used to you have to ah uh, have to watch watch watch, 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 watch a watch a bit more faulty towers yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's that old shit that gets <laughs> you bro whether like, oh, remember the Brady bunch I'm like what's the Brady bunch <laughs> You know that that uh, once once you once you master that, it's almost like yeah, you are you are you yeah. can be considered you know the one of them you know yeah. if you can speak to that that sort of thing yeah but that's 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 quite that's quite a a, a good point there, Kabongoba. You know, and I suppose um, you know you you get the comments like, oh your your English is very good. Um, you know, um, oh, you don't speak like, uh, and you know, when I was, when I was younger, I, I'd, I'd actually sort of, uh, look down on, um, my fellow Africans with the stronger accents, you know, I'd actually like look down upon them to say, yeah, well, you know, uh, I learned English. I learned English well, <laughs> in school. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it almost became a badge of honor, which we were colonized by the Brits. You know, until I was like, no. One day, just thinking to myself, I was like, no, no, no. But this is, this is ridiculous. I'm walking around boasting that you know, um, Zimbabwe was a, a British colony, so I know English, as if English is like some some measure of, of uh, of intelligence. So, but yeah, you know, those are sort of the things that you you grapple with um, um, as an as an immigrant, as a as a first generation immigrant. Especially, I think for a lot of us Zimbabweans, we are we're kind of the youngest immigration um, group. I think yeah. in the states here in the UK, um, we are we're kind of we are the babies, you know. So I think you know we eventually I think we'll kind of. Uh, we will find ourselves again, you know. Um, hopefully, but, uh, you know. Ho- yeah, hopefully. You know uh, yeah, that, that, that's yeah. That's a good point, though. Once you, at least like living out of UK, the little community, like here, you know, yeah. they're like five Zimbabweans I know in Boston, and they probably like one, like two I know in Houston. Like we're so sparse that I, there's no. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's ever gonna happen. No, I'm sorry. It's never going to happen. We will never find ourselves again. Um, I, um, forty years old, and uh, Daba, it's time to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's it for laughing. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, I, I came here when I was twenty. You know, so I've lived half of my life here, Uh, and you know, I don't see. you know, like there's always like a we we came here. Nobody thought like we would live here forever, right? But that yeah. path, yeah, yeah, that path yeah. to going back home, I just don't see it now. Like with the way things are back home, it's just like um, I think we'll 
uh, people are drifting apart as well. You know, I, I used to know a lot of people around. Now I haven't got re- I haven't got that much time to be you know mixing with people. Well, I have the time, but I just don't feel the need anymore as I used to. So I, I think um, I don't think we'll find ourselves. You don't you don't think we'll find ourselves? No, think so. I doubt it's it. True. No, I, but, I, I mean the point. I think I think I think like a good a good mark of, of that, of like where your identity starts getting mixed in is when you start seeing things like this child as being a delicacy. Yeah. I think people are getting to that point now. And then as to your point, uh, talk, that's when we're going to start, that's when we're going to like start dispersing and start losing ourselves as involvement and just, you know. I think so. Ugo so like, is mainly convenience, isn't it? Like we, we go to these African shops and things are so expensive and, you know, uh, to be honest, you don't buy you buy some of the things just for uh, nostalgia reasons. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the problem, and, and nothing else. And and like um, I think Mina, uh, the one of the biggest challenges of being a, a first generation immigrant is, you know, if you've got like people that depend on you depend on you back home, and you know if you've been here twenty years and and that's been a constant in your life, like having to to help out back home and you do, you think about it and you think when when's this going to end it's not really i think <laughs> we'll no, be that, no there's no end inside we'll be that generation that's going to be i think we'll be looking after our parents till the end and most probably our children because the way i was talking about this about i think the way we're raising our children um this is about cleaner food uh, yeah, absolutely. I I I don't want to say too much, but I think um, because I don't know. I think uh, yeah. Um, I think I think we're just going to end up being that generation that's just in the middle. We're the ones that came here first. We looked after our parents, and we're just raising our kids here. And it's difficult as as first generation immigrants to to raise children anyway. Like for instance, take Amabizo. Um, you know, uh, how do you, 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 Lee, you've got kids, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you name your kids? No, I, I, I just, I just gave Amabi's West, Western development. I, 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 I feel like I'm, I'm very um, culturally uh, conservative, and Lompazwa uh, Mekaya, and you know, I, I just don't really want to have my children confused about their 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 identity they're going to be develop their children first and then do they speak in develop i try to speak to them in there so yes yeah cool yes 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 develop but uh you know it's 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 a it's a work in progress but i have hope i've hoped that I'll, I'll be able to get and 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 the other thing is um i talked to uh there's someone who's my my sort of age who came here quite young and they they've got a full Ndebele name and surname, but they they can't speak his Ndebele because, um, as far as he's concerned, parents made an effort not to to teach it to him. So I'd like to give uh, my my daughter a choice, Oti. You know, like at least she had, she had a, a fighting chance, and if she just if she decides not to learn it, uh, it doesn't. But then I'm 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 playing further on, on that as well is that I've noticed children who are give or take um, so I'm, I'm 38 I've seen children who are like 15 years 20 years younger than me 
who grew up here who've never lived in Zimbabwe about Kulumisi Debele, like like fluently. And it's I I think I think there's of Rawandiraiti who who've embraced the culture, who who understand the 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 problems associated with having a like a a, a, a confused um a culture and and they'll they'll try and uh, preserve it, it, it culture within themselves and 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 that way usually I'm a, I'm a one who learn more than two languages uh, I, I can't remember what it's called in psychology but then there's so people who are able to uh, move around in different cultures in different um, spheres because mm-hmm. from a young age they've already more adaptable you know, no no yeah. this is how I act at school this is how I act. So even in the workplace, they'll know which, um, this is how I act. Um, when I meet my people in Feni and whatever, this is what I do. And then and stuff. And I've been shocked by, by kids who are like 15 years younger than me, who know the etiquette in Feni, who know, yeah. you know, how, how to cook and stuff. I, I, I live in hope. I live in hope. I think, I think it's the burden of being uh, first-generation immigrants. Um, I mean, I have a 16-year-old, and um, I think I made the mistake, well, we made the mistake of thinking, well, if he, if he knew English at the time he went to school, it wouldn't put him at a disadvantage. But kids can learn a language um, very quickly. Take Amakula, um, you know, like uh, Pakistanis and Indians, they never teach their kids English right up to maybe the time they, get, they go to school. They'll learn English in school. And yeah. and uh, most 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 people from the from those communities, their kids uh, speak you know whatever two or three languages. So yeah, do do, do you guys think there is a there is an element of um, I don't know like a, a lack of pride in in where we're coming from? But I think considering um, the bad rep that that Zim has had now for a very, very long time. I mean, I, rem- I recall, you know, here back in, back, back, back in the day, you know, if someone asked me, Uti, where do I come from? I'd be like, I'm from South Africa. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm from Zim. I'd say I'm from Estate, you know, until one day I met this, 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 uh, this woman. Uh, I don't remember whether it was work or in town or something. Uh, and she, you know, we got talking. Then she says, "Where are you from?" Like, I'm from South Africa. Uh, where about in South Africa? I mentioned some semi-obscure place, and she's like, "I'm from there as well." Now, now I'm like, what do I even say?" You know. But anyway, I kind of just. Ducked and died, Bob, and we got out of that conversation. But I was like, yeah, you know. So, uh, so, so anyway, my question still is, do you, do you think the, the, there is an element of that? Uti, you know, we're not, we're not proud of our teapot country. So the moment we're out, like, it's almost like there's a, a sub, whether it's subconscious or conscious uh, attempt to, to fully divorce ourselves or, or disassociate uh, I think, I from, think, being, I think, from I th- being Zimbabwean? I think there could be. I mean, take Abandoambe, South Africa. One, one, two months, that's it. So there's oh, no, 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 no. 
there's got to be an element uh, of that. I'm yeah, gonna... I mean, as I mean, I'm I'm like brand new in the diaspora, and uh, I personally have been like Zimbabwe all the way. But then for me, it's not really about embarrassment. It's not it's not really about disassociation from Zimbabwe because of embarrassment. It's it's difficult when you start talking about like Zimbabwean culture, and then you realize like a lot of culture that's known as Zimbabwean culture doesn't really resonate. You know what I mean? So like people will be like, oh, I heard this Zimbabwean song. They start playing Shona music and like, you know, I didn't grow up listening to Shona music. I grew up listening to, you know, South African music. So that's the music that resonates with me, you know, or you'll meet someone from, like you'll say, oh, I went to Zimbabwe and start speaking to Shona and I'm like, you know, that, that doesn't resonate with me. Whereas like if someone's like from South Africa and they're like, oh, I went to South Africa, I went to Joburg, you know, Salborn and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that for me that's what that's the difficultness that like culturally like you know because you know growing up and there's so much of our culture you know being there growing up listening to South African music growing up watching South African TV like a lot of that you resonate a lot more with than than the rest of the country and that's that's where it gets difficult for me. I still read yeah. Zoom but I, I... <laughs> I think the other thing, um, like kids, for instance, that grow up here, um, my son goes back home, right? Um, he was supposed to have been uh, going this summer, and that was probably his biggest disappointment. Um, I think he just obviously was born here, he's grown up here, but he loves, like, he loves Zimbabwe so much, like he talks about it so much, um, and like him having to, like, you know, missing out on going this summer. Um, I think if you, I guess, if you expose your children to, um, you know, who we are. Um, and I remember, like, uh, first time he went, he was, uh, I think he was 11. And, you know, he, he had so many questions when he came back. He was like, oh, you know, tell me about this person. Tell me about that person. So I think it's important as, as, as you know, as fathers to, to, to make sure that we, we expose our kids to, to who we are, you know, like our culture. Keep in touch. Keep in touch. I if I have kids, I low-key want to send them to a Zoom boarding school for like two years. Just, just two years, maybe like first years of high school or last years of primary school. Just, you know, just, just so they get to experience the country for like two years and then experience the country, learn the culture, have friends, um, and then come back here and do whatever they need to do. But just a quick two years. Yeah, I mean... I think, yeah, yeah, that, that would be a good experience. Um, but hey, the way, the way things are at home now, right? Yeah, only CBC at boarding school. Okay. Just, just, just to add, <laughs> like efforts I've I've gone to to ensuring like my cultural identity. Um, about a year and a half ago, um, I went to 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 Zimbabwe specifically to get a, a, a Zimbabwean citizenship and a passport. So uh, I, I got her that so that um, at least, you know, like if, if you've got that citizenship as well, you, you've, you've got options. It, at least you've got it on paper that you're not only uh, a British person, but you're um, very much of Zimbabwean um, heritage. And yes, uh, here's my green bomber. This is where I come from. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that as well. I think it's, 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 it's quite important to, you know, like have, have that identity as well, Uti, you know, like, um, um, 
I'm, I'm also Zimbabwean. And um, she was four at the time. And yeah, she still still speaks of the speaks of it even today. Uh, to, uh, um, she had a good time and um, played with other kids and there's so much space. Yeah, that 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 sort of stuff. So I I think it's important. I don't think I think I think that's I think I I never actually considered that. But I think you have got a, a, a very good. But that was a good. That was a good move. That was a good good move. Because I suppose if you now kind of look. I suppose maybe now I'm sort of seg segueing into mm. something else that we we're, 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 we're going to talk about. I mean, if you kind of look at the way things are just kind of happening out here in the in the in the West, um, I, I, I foresee a situation where in the future we might, as as a as a race, need to be forced to to flee. For, for our own safety. I honestly believe that. I honestly believe that. And I think having, you know, that second, that second um, citizenship um, is actually a good, is actually a good move. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, actually a good move. I really don't think Zimbabwe will be always this bad. It's bad right now. I honestly, guys, it's really bad. But uh, there's hope. There's hope. <laughs> is it is it a is it a good time to invest right now in Zimbabwe? No, 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 no. As in, in, in investing on on, on yeah. things like land, if if anyone's selling any land, is it a good time to? I, I would not. I would not that touch that with the bike. No. Honest, uh, yeah, I have to. Speak. I think uh, the yeah the issue of sort of I know, um, the whole property rights thing. It's yeah. just it's so it's so unclear because there was a time I thought to myself, you know, um, maybe someone can get like a piece of land, like, and I don't know, throw in a few cows there or some or something, you know. But it's just it's just so. I, I don't even know where, where do you go, where do you start. Um, it, it's it's and it just seems you know you hear ah uh, because someone wanted it, you know. So, you know, the whole property rights um, thing is, I think, is a, is a big issue in the country. Um, I, 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 I'll tell you why I, I don't think investing, like in property, for example, is, is, a, is a good idea. I'm like experience of what I've seen uh, pretty close, close to home. Um, a residential stand or even a, an industrial stand attracts mm -hmm. rates every month. So imagine if like, you buy a, 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 an industrial stand and mm -hmm. it's, it's empty because there's no business there at like. yeah. You still have to pay water rates. You still have to pay uh, normal rates. And the rates for industrial, because Lai is a former industrial city, you know, like rates are high. They're, they're ridiculously high. And you know you're, you're literally talking some sometimes, um, and I know someone where it was being charged in US dollars, and they were owing like thousand US dollars. How for, much? Uh, Sixty thousand US dollars for a a locusin that had been standing unempty for for quite a, a while because no one knows but you're still liable to to pay my rates. So what yeah. happens like? 
early early this year, Flower City Council um, was auctioning out people's houses for because can you imagine you you're here in the wow. UK, you've got your own bills to pay, and then we all be locals and ama rates a kaya, and you're you're kind of like uh, people 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 lost houses, people lost uh, wow. They're owing so much in, in rates. The, the saving grace is that there was that judgment last year where they said um, all formerly US dollar denominated currencies are now changed to, to Zim. To oh, and, then, and then you could sort of pay, pay, th- pay things off. Yeah, so you could pay things off. But then for some people, it was just way too late. And then it's, it's yeah. that inconsistency. They, you know, you could invest in, in them and lose. Absolutely everything. everything. And I tell you what, guys, I know no one who's had a good experience as of yet who lives here and has invested their hard-earned cash in in, in Zim. Unless you're politically connected, Anasmund, uh, they've all lost substance. Yeah, it's not, it's not an environment for genuine, genuine, uh, honest business. business people and business activities. Mm. You know, unless you kind of politically connected you know um it's 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 hard it's hard yeah Yeah, because people are going to like steal money uh, if you're trying to build a house they're going to steal material (laughs) yeah there's yeah there's that too if you're not there on the ground yourself so so where's where's the whole where where, what's what's going to change in zimbabwe what needs to change in zimbabwe i mean we had a, a day of prayer on Monday, and then the next day they woke up beating like you know civilians up for no good reason, um, you know. Yeah, it's just been a it's just been a bizarre week, just a bizarre week. Because yeah, like you know they were beating up people. Was that you know, that was yesterday? And it, yeah. And then yeah. today, and today they were holding the whole um, the, uh, the the amendments to is it, I don't know whether it's constitutional amendments, uh, sort of. Uh, consultative meeting, public consultative meeting. So I was like, but yesterday you were locking up, well, you were telling people not to come into town. Today we have all these meetings. You know, it's just... And then today also they, they increased the civil service uh, servant wages by 50% and gave um, all of them 75 US dollars called, it's going to be called... US, the US dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID. Uh, I mean, what I say, but every time I go to Zim, Zim is an amazing country. There's, we've got everything going for us. And I can't imagine these guys who are in right now, um, 10 years from now, will be still, you know, still still there. I, I, I just can't see it. I just can't what, see it. What kills me about Zim? Like that, do you guys see that article where they're talking about the ZBC chair and like all the benefits that they were getting, like, yeah, uh, cars, I saw that. The company was building like a entertainment center in the home, uh, five trips. It's I think that like that. There's so many companies and so many entities where people at the bottom are not getting paid, um, services are not being rendered, but the people at top have two cars for God knows what reason. Um, yeah. They have these massive houses paid by the company. They have these trips paid massive by the company. Perks. Massive place, and you're getting a fuck ton of money as well, but you're not doing it. Like you're not you're not producing any value. You're just like there, just to be there. And I think that's what's ruining the country. That like you can't 
Like if I was an investor yeah. and I was I think it's just company it's and I saw it, Yeah, it's it's just and that's the mentality in, in like a, in a good chunk of the country now that as soon as you there's no incentive for people at top at the top to do anything right anymore. Because like why why would I want to go and do the right thing if I'm making twenty K a month and getting two cars from my company? Yeah, it was like exactly guess about you guys. Yeah, who cares about you guys? I'm fine. My family's fine. My friends are fine. My kids are going to school here. Uh, I don't care about the local universities because I'm going to send them off to, to South Africa or the UK or the US and we can pay for that. Why should I care about you guys? So I, I tweeted out the other day, like, um, I wouldn't, um, you know, recommend anyone to, to go out demonstrating or protesting or something, especially in Bulawayo, because yeah. they'll, they'll just gun people down as they have done in the past. So I think the power in Zimbabwe, unfortunately, this doesn't, I, I don't want this to come across the wrong way. The power is not held by the Ndebeles and we are never going to remove ZANU. N not by any means. We've, we've rejected ZANU since 1980, right? Yeah. Uh, Mateb most Matabela never voted ZANU. It used to be ZAPU um, and then um, MDC lately, right? So I think when people in Mashonaland are truly fed up of ZANU and um, vote like, you know, Matabele has voted in the past, I think that's when ZANU is going to be gone. But unfortunately, I, I don't know. I think, I think the other fear is they've divided us. They've, they've divided us so much. Like, um, you know, uh, Shona's don't trust Ndebele's, Ndebele's don't trust Shona's, you know, you know that kind of thing. Um, I think ZANU, as um, Gabi especially is the one who started all this. I think if we all sort of like got together as one people and realized that we're, we're all in it together and we would get them out. But um, yeah, the divisions are too deep, unfortunately. Yeah, no, they're quite deep. But uh, yeah, hope, hope is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it we please, but I, I, I think, I think ten years from now. You you ask me, guys. <laughs> what do you think will happen? Um, I can see a form of of uprising happening. No, it's never going to happen in Zimbabwe. No, not not a, a physical blood one, but uh, a form of of civil kind of disobedience until the country is ungovernable, and they have to invite other people to to join join government. I, I I I think that's what will happen. Well, that happened two thousand and eight. Like, what you know, we're we're back to square one now. You know, years later, and things are, and things are going nice, bro. That coalition government, because I was I was back in I was in Zanzibar at that time. Mm. Life was going well for a Then they ended that, and it went downhill from there. Yeah, that's yeah no. Well, I'm, you, I'm just I'm I'm just waiting for the. I think Lava, I was reliable. We've got a problem and they're holding us at ransom. Bro. I was waiting for that lot to die. And then these younger, these younger ones, hopefully we can deal with them. But no, they're actually raising a, another generation that's going to be worse. Yeah. You know, and they are, they are, they're even bigger looters. Like, 
and they loot and they show it off like in front of you like on instagram uh, you know buying all these cars and you know what's that what's that guy called the one who, who was supposed eh? you need me oh can you be but the other one was supposed to have built something in Gwanda. oh the yeah exactly <laughs> you know, those, those are the types of people that will end up being president of zimbabwe yeah. Wow. Don't make me throw up. We're, we're in yeah. trouble. <laughs> keep, keep, keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Yeah. Um, what, what do you guys, um, I guess, you know, we can't, it, it wouldn't be genuine if you don't discuss what's happening around the world. Um, you know, yeah. This. Uh, get that, get that second thing. bottle for your kids. <laughs> get that second bottle for your kids. Cause you, no. But how's yeah. how do you feel? How do you feel being uh, back in America? Yeah, you're 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 really close to the action, man. I was I was actually talking to a friend about this yesterday, and for me, it's it's such an odd experience having a lot of white people now be supportive, right? Because these are like, I've you know I've been I've had someone threaten to call the cops on me before. I've had the experience of you know walking into a store and someone following me. In. I remember the one time I was in Phoenix with my brother and we're like in a line to get into this one club and we're literally the only black people on the line and we get to the bouncer and the bouncer pulls us to the side and like checks us for knives. Like, so, you know, I've gone through all of these, I've gone through like a lot of like really messed up racial experiences here, but whenever I told like, you know, like white friends about this or like non-black friends about this, the response that I always get is like, oh, but what did you do? And, you know, maybe you're making noise and like, you know, it's reasonable for them to think that you guys have knives and you're like all of this like gaslight, like just being gaslit consistently. And so now it gets to the point where like when you want to talk about these things, you're really talking about it expecting, expecting like that, that, that backhanded, that backhanded comment. And now like in the past few weeks, like you'll get people, I've had so many white friends like message me and be like, hey man, um, yeah, things are going down and it's tough, you know. How do you feel about it? And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's kind of messed up because of this and this happened. And they're supportive and they believe me. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? This is, this is. Where, where, was, where was this one along? Yeah, like, where the, where the hell are you? Oh, now you believe me? Kind of thing. I mean, like, I'm happy that I do think now it's different because a lot of people who used to be skeptical are now coming out and being like, okay, cool, things are terrible. Things I think it's, be, it's like, being recorded and they can see it. That's the yeah. difference. Yeah. In, in, in the past, like, it was your word against a policeman's word and guess who's going to win every day definitely not and, you um, and the big the big difference is with george floyd right because like every other big case everyone had an excuse for it they're like oh you know flanner castillo was reaching for something it could have been a gun or you know uh you know it's yeah. a big guy and he's fighting that's why there was a chokehold or like you know trayvon martin had a toy gun whereas george floyd like people saw that he was he was he was handcuffed he was handcuffed yeah. he was down uh, he was complying. He wasn't resisting arrest. He was begging this officer to stop for eight minutes. And, it was like, yeah. and I think what compounded it, and I think what made it very deep for people, wasn't just the George Floyd video, but that Amy Cooper video, where that woman was like, oh, I'm going to call the cops and tell them an African-American man is harassing yeah. me. Because yeah, that was a couple someone, of days before. I yeah, think it was a day was or two like, that. was literally a day or two before. And in that video, people, that, that was like a lot of white people seeing that seeing that person not being in a threatening situation, 
that person being in a very liberal city like New York and just weaponizing her whiteness. And in that, and they see that video and they think back about all the times that we've said this to people saying like, oh, this person did this microaggression or this person said this. And now people are like, yeah. Yeah. Yo, dude, you're, you're being, you, they'll be like, yo, dude, you're being sensitive, man. You're being sensitive. You know. I was like, oh, I was like, oh yeah, no, no, always, always play the race card, now, and I'm just like, no. Nah, yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. I, 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 I remember one time. Well, um, let me say this first. I remember one time um, I was, uh, I was in the office, and I was telling, obviously, white men, um, we were just discussing about, like, you know, how black people interact with the police. So, and um, so the group of friends that I have in work are kind of like. Uh, similar age as mine and I, I so I, I just asked them and said like how many times you've been stopped by the police and they're like well I've never been stopped I was like how, how long have you been driving and you know I said well since I was like 17 or something and I said well you know I've only been here for so long but I've been stopped at least the, the times I remember is five times by the police in and around Manchester and the, they, you know, someone tried to justify it. I was like, well, you know, were you driving? I was like, no, I was just going on, getting on with my business. And, and this is what happens. So, and I think what uh, infuriated me once in work was um, there was uh, the BBC, which has been found to be institutionally racist, right? Uh, advertised for a very junior role. And they only invited applicants from uh, the black and ethnic minority uh, background. Yeah. So somebody posted it on our Slack in work and said, oh my God, look at this advert. And then there was an almighty argument and it was everyone against me. And I was just saying, listen, the BBC employs 20,000 people. They've realized they have a problem and they're just trying to address it by just one, one role. One junior, one junior, yeah, you know, one junior role, and they were like, Oh, well, you know, it it should be fair. How's that person supposed to feel when they get the job knowing that it was tokenism? I'm like, Shish, these people will never get it. How do you even start that conversation? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing about the token thing that that annoys really, really gets me, right? Is that people a lot of people especially here i'm not sure how it is in the uk but a lot of people assume that you got a spot because right and then they think that like the whole like oh diversity thing is about us getting handouts we don't want handouts we just want a fair chance well, but we yeah. know that some of the people that we work with only got their right or they yeah. got there because of this connection that connection and you know that you come through you put just as much if not more effort into work than they do, produce way more than they do, but they're the ones that get promoted. And all we're saying is just give us a fair chance. That's all we want. Just just a fair and, opportunity. And, and and that's the thing that they, they don't get. It's as if you're asking for more. I'm not asking to be to to be better than you. I am not asking for a better chance than yours. I want to have like a fair chance to an, get an equal an equal yeah. opportunity. Yeah. An equal yeah. opportunity. That's it. Nothing else. But um, like if I'm have, if if I'm denied, I want to be denied because I wasn't good enough. Not yeah. because we can't have a black person as the face of the company. That's, I, wanted yeah. to, I want you to say, you can't make it because A, B, and C, you didn't do A, B, and C, and Roger did A, B, and C. Then I'll be like, all right, Chad, Roger is better than me. 
not just yeah. like uh, aesthetics or whatever bullshit is. Or, or of course, your name is in Daba. You know what I mean? Or your name is in To or Tabo or Lee. You know, yeah. that's that's that. It's funny. It's funny the the whole um, being stopped by police thing. Um, I think this was going back. I'm going back to 2010, 11. You know, I was I was I was in a, in a good space in in life, and I I, I purchased um, a, ger- a certain German brand of vehicle. Yay! Right? <laughs> hey! Flex. Flex. <laughs> so I purchased a, a certain brand of vehicle, German. German vehicle. A VW um, Polo. No. no, no. <laughs> I mean, pro, I mean proper. <laughs> you know, no offense to the Polo owners. But, uh, you know. So, so um, I was in, I was in Cambridge. Uh, I, I was with my, my daughter, my first born at the time. Um, so we were at a park in Cambridge. Um, we were sitting in the car, uh, she was having her lunch, and then we were just going to go to the park and play on the swings, and, you know, so I'm just sitting, we were both sitting in the car, in the car park, right? So I just happened to notice uh, a silver, I remember, it was a Skoda Fabian, that was, that was, this might not <laughs> make sense to you, but it doesn't. Oh, uh, no, I know Skoda, I know Skoda. A silver Skoda Fabian, drove past, it's a, it's a, it's a quiet neighborhood, you know, so I noticed the car drive past. So I drove past, right? And then two, three minutes later, it came back and then it just drove into the car park and just parked next to me, right? So up, out steps this huge six foot, maybe six foot three um, white policeman, you know, obviously driving an unmarked vehicle. Uh, so he comes out uh, and then walks up to the car. Um, so I roll down my window, recognizing the car. You know, so I roll down the window. Um, he's like, um, uh, good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, sir. Um, so he's like, um, uh, I've, I've, we've just received um, reports or, or a call or something that someone fitting your description and fitting the vehicle that you are driving has been seen dealing drugs in this area. <laughs> That's what he said to me, right? I'm like, ah, okay. So, like, what now? And so he says, well, I've got to conduct a search on the vehicle and, of course, on your person. I'm like, okay, it's cool. And now my daughter is now. Daddy, what's happening? Daddy, what's happening? Yeah. Like, I know, just, just chill, baby. Just chill, eat your food and, you know, nothing. I'm just talking to the man. You know? so, so I popped the, the hood of the car. He looked in the engine. He went right around the car. He made my daughter, that, was, that pissed me off. He, he made my daughter, because she's sitting on a car seat. So my daughter, he had to move her from where she was sitting just to look under her car seat, would, are there any drugs, you know, underneath there? So he searched through the car, obviously there's no drugs. Uh, and then he asked me to step out the vehicle, I stepped out the vehicle, uh, he, he body searched me, there was uh, obviously nothing there. 
And then he says, uh, okay, um, you know, um, if, you, if you want to, and something about, you know, a, re a record of this, this interaction, go to the police station, what, 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 what. So I was like, okay, uh, whatever, you know. And, and off he went. You know, and in my head, I was thinking, you know, I'm not a policeman, but I know for a fact that if the police receive a tip off of potential drug dealing, especially involving black people, they're not going to send one man in a solitary vehicle. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be at least, probably at least two cars, you know, with at least yeah. maybe four four police officers. So I think this this guy this this guy just drove past, saw that saw the car, saw the color of the person sitting in the car, doubled back and came to just kind of, well, I don't know, power trip thing. And um and yeah, and that and I believe I strongly believe that's what it had nothing to do with any drugs or anything like that because I sincerely believe that that is not how the police would have reacted by just sending one person to attend to something that is, I mean, drug dealers, that's a potentially risky situation, you know, so they're not going to send one police officer, you know, so yeah. that was, that I was, think, I, that yeah, was I, th I think you're, I think you're right, Tavo. part of that is just, you know, keep, keep, they want to keep their, 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 their foot on, on, on your neck, simple as that, to remind, yeah. to remind you who you are. I mean, I, I had a similar yeah. situation where I, I just dropped off my son uh, in school, uh, just literally leaving, getting out of the school. I get stopped by this policeman. I think he'd waited for me to come out. And then he stops me and he says, oh, your, your, your tail light's off. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Um, I'll get it changed. It's like, you know, a side light, which is like a pound or something like that. And the guy puts me through this whole thing. He says, actually, I didn't stop you because of that. I stopped you because I, I think you're this person that I'm looking for. He shows me a mixed race man. Uh, at, that time I used to, <laughs> at that time, I had dreadlocks. He was bald. Wow. He was literally balding mixed race person. So I, I'm like, uh, and he says, I think that's you. So I said, like, look, this guy is clearly mixed race and I'm black. And he's like, well, you know, I can't tell. Like, you could be wearing something. Uh, and... <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is this is bad. I thought that was bad, and then he starts saying, "Well, I can't let you go. I need your your fingerprints." This is this this is a guy stopping me for a tail light that was off, wanting fingerprints off me now, and his his gadget wasn't working, and he tried and tried and tried. In the end, I was like, "Bruh, I'm gonna be late for work here." I think I was there for like an hour. Wow. <clears throat> Honestly, outside my son's school. Uh, the worst part was like he, uh, I sent my son to a fee-paying school. He's like, "What do you do?" Um, that was the, that was the yeah. problem. How uh, you know what do you do? You're in the wrong school? place. So like, I'm like, shish. Like this is the world we live in. But I think, yeah, I, I think the, I I think you know, um, you watch the the thirteenth. Is it the thirteenth on 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 Netflix? On Netflix? Yeah. No, no, I, I, I've heard about it, but I haven't. You should, you should watch it. You, sh you should watch it. You know, like the history of the police is not good. You know, where they started off, say in America, they were like slave patrol. 
and you know that's where the police literally started from so yeah yeah, yeah it, it's it's just not good for us and i feel sorry for black women because I, I think they have it um, twice as bad uh you know going from things like not being believed if they're in, like uh, in pain going to if they're in mm. hospital you know things like that and their yeah, outcomes are yeah yeah no it's a thing here in the u.s that like they there there are a lot of medical schools here that still teach students that black people can handle a lot more pain than any other race um can handle yeah Yeah. like they genuinely truly believe that so what tends to happen a lot especially with black women during um during uh childbirth is black women will complain about pain and then doctors will say just being hysterical like i had a friend whose sister was in labor and kept complaining about like pain like she was like, they're like, oh, you know, just being hysterical and worries about it. And then like, you know, after the kid came through, she kept complaining about pain and the husband was freaking out. And they're like, oh, you know, you're just being hysterical. You just end up being like a serious condition. And luckily they rushed her to the emergency room. And, you know, she has the situation where it's like 50-50 whether she's going to survive or not. But the whole time she kept saying, yo, I'm in pain. But in the same, same case as if it was a white woman that went through that, you know, doctors would be, they'd be like, there's, I'll try to find, I'll try to find the video and post it on Twitter. But like, there's there someone did like an interview of a lot of men who had lost their partners, and all of them had the same story that their wife was complaining about pain. They kept going to doctors and nurses, being like, "Yo, my wife's complaining. Like, can you come help me?" And they're like, "Oh, you know, she's just being hysterical post childbirth, all this man." And then they just end up dying because no believe them. Yeah. yeah. And for me, like this, this Black Lives Matter um, movement that's that, that's come on. So it, here in the UK, we don't really have police uh, kind of uh, going on people's necks or, or or black people dying in police custody. It happens, but it it's oh, it happens. It happens. It happens, but it, it's not as prevalent as as America. I, I looked at the stats in the past uh, ten years. I think it's 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 thirteen people it's 13 too much but it's 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 not that bad what i was going to say is that um, do you remember the london riots the last london riots why was that yeah mark, mark, mark duggan was was killed by by police but I, yeah. what, what, what i was saying is that um my experience of black lives matter in in england for me is more from an institutional level uh one that i was talking about uh, about um institutions and and police um, they're treating the way you the way they they did, whereby you've been uh, detained for for a, for a, a long time, and you know that will never happen to a white person, even at work. Um, whenever I've, I've asked white people how many times have you been stopped, uh, all of them say they've never been stopped by the police. I've been stopped quite a quite quite a few times, um, whether whether valid or, or or not. But then the next the the, the next level for for me. What it is, is um, the institutions. For example, um, there's been lots of miscarriages of, of justice in the, in the UK uh, for, for black people. Um, uh, just this week, um, I, was, I was reading about um, guys call, called the Cardiff Five. Uh, these were black people in, in Cardiff who were accused of, of murdering a, a, a woman. And um, two of them ended up doing like uh, 20, 20 years. But they, they were they were innocent, and they've they've been acquitted. They they came out of jail in in 2012. The the trial happened in in 1991, and they came out in in 
2012. And then there's the Oval. The worst one is the Oval 4. Um, or there's a place called Oval in London. Uh, four guys were accused of murder and in 1972. They only came out last year. Um, uh, and obviously in America, there's the, the Central, Central Park. Yeah, so like it's, 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 about five, yeah. it's, it's things like that whereby for, for me, it, it hasn't been like the, the, the police killing. It's, it's instances like that where you as a black man, your life could be changed completely, completely just because of, of, of racism. And then another institution is, is work where I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. Um, uh, my, my job is, is auditing. I go out to different companies. Um, there's a particular company which employed over 100 people. And can you, and near London, not a single person was black. Uh, but then, you know, okay, maybe that's coincidence. But then another company that I actually work for, um, when they're recruiting um, um, apprentices for jobs, uh, were quite near London. Instead of recruiting from a school two miles from uh, the office, they chose a school that was 10 miles the opposite direction because in, in London, we've got more ethnic uh, minorities than they are. So the, these are, are subtle um, institutions of, of racism, which, which exist, which explain why we're, we're poor, we don't get the opportunities, we don't, you know. So with, with the Black Lives Matter, it, 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 George Floyd was... Yeah, it, it was relevant to me. But then what came to, to me when I was thinking about that is the institutions that we, 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 we live in. And for example, uh, lots of black people have gone down for dealing marijuana, drugs, charges, and whatever. Guess what? In not too long, marijuana will be legal, legalized and you know, it will be big, big business. And That's really a thing here. Because like, like in a lot of states, marijuana is legal. You have all of these black people that are locked up for marijuana charges. Most of the people, like here in Massachusetts, which is one of the first states to legalize, most of the dispensaries, now my cure, most yeah. of the people in jail for possession, possession for like a, like a marijuana nyana like this. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So it's the institutions and we, they need to change. They need to be in all, all, all forms, all manners. I don't care whether it's riots, even if the country gets burned to the ground. Uh, they, they, we need to make sure these things are these institutions are, are sorted out. Otherwise, you know, there's no future for our kids. And even like just talking about the institutions, I went to this one black tech event about maybe two and a half years ago, and um, as as the black gents were, it was like me and like three other black guys were kind of talking a corner about the subtle difficulty about about being black in the workspace, and that if if you show any form of aggression. Mm-hmm like any form of discomfort, any form of annoyance, just anything besides being the happy, fun, jovial black guy, you're the angry black man. And the one guy was talking about a case where like this one, he was, he was working with this one white woman and she fucked up. She like submitted this piece of code that was going to bring down the system. He called off and was like, we can't push the system because it's going to bring down the system. Then she started saying, you don't know what you're doing. And then he was keeping calm the entire time. He was like, uh, look, you can't, you can't like shit this. This is, this is terrible for the company, whatnot, so not. And then she started shouting at him, right? But again, man is keeping it cool, trying to keep it calm because he knew as soon as he raised his voice, 
um, he'd be the angry black man, and then people came through to mediate, and then she started crying. And as soon as she started crying, it was game over for her. Yeah, yeah, just game over. It was game over. They brought him to the side. They're like, look, you can't treat employees this way. Your demeanor was not right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't like nothing white, about white how women was tears. Bro, terrifying yeah. shit. Yeah. Avocado. Because I know yeah. that's my biggest fear. That's my biggest fear. Because I know, like, in the wrong moments, like, if a white woman just claims something, claims that, like, I was aggressive or I hit them or anything like that, it's game over. Like, no one will take your side. No one will take my side as Muntamia. No one. Never. No, I know. No one will take my well, side. yeah. I mean, for me, like, um, the way I like to think of it, Dava, like, in our field of work, um, it's like, it's not always merit, but like they can't miss out on a good on, on a good engineer. Like, um, yeah. you, you, if someone's good, you just have to employ them. But then yeah. the problem comes, uh, you know, like uh, progression. When you when you get there, do you get to the positions that you, you know, you want to get to? Then exactly. I think your, your your skin color comes to play. Unfortunately, boy, first and foremost, I think we should chat about mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What, 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 what do you think? Um, I think um, it's tough. It's tough being out here because as, as a man, like you feel like you've just got to cope. And there are times when you, you, you know, you might need a little bit of help from somebody or need to talk to somebody. I think um, therapy is really good. I think people need to open up to, um, talking to somebody what what do you think though yeah i think i think for for men like one of the biggest uh i've had like a lot of chats with with a lot of my female friends about this the biggest problem with being men is that men just don't know how to how to reach out men don't know how to things like therapists men will never go for therapists because like it's not the thing to do especially like african men will will say like oh it's it's not it's not the african manly thing to do and even just as like us as a manchita, like we don't we don't talk to each other about we don't talk to each other about like real personal problems that are happening. Like if if I talk to if we talk to our friends about it, it's more of like, oh man, uh, I've got this financial struggle. What's what should I do? Oh, okay, do this, get alone here. It's like more of an advice thing, but never just like to talk to someone. Whereas like if you look at at women and how they how they treat their friendships, like they properly truly treat their friendships, like real friendship so they'll talk to them about their insecurities they'll talk to them about about like their emotions and how they feel um and then that's why you end up having like high levels of anxiety high levels of depression um amongst men because we we don't have any decent outlets that's why and our outlets are like watching sports and drinking alcohol and, and you know other vices like like that yeah and i think men, i think men really yeah I think you're right. If you if if you're going through it, it's hard to even open up to your friends and say, you know what, bro, um, me and my wife going on or or this, you know what I mean? Uh, you just you just always want to play cool, like um, uh, it's it's a uh, it's a um, yeah, it's a it's a struggle, um, and I think uh, for for us especially, like you know, immigrants. There's a lot of trauma, like, you know, some of us, we came here while we're very young. Um, Leo, what, what, what do you think? Um, 
Yeah, I've never really kind of, um, it's not something I've ever really kind of explored um, in, in mental health, but uh, I, do, I do think it's, it's important. Um, because um, I was speaking to an, an aunt of mine the, the, the other day, uh, probably about a, a week ago. She's been in isolation since this whole um, COVID thing began. Um, by herself. Or, or, uh, by, 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 house, by herself. And obviously with all the people, uh, you have to do shielding. You can't just be talking to, to, to people. And oh, three months, three months there on, on her own, it, it, started, it started to affect her. She was thinking, oh, I'm, I'm missing the grandkids. I'm missing the... Yeah, so um, uh, people need to just talk, talk about it more. They, they, I think there's, there's a bit of stigma uh, with issues uh, surrounding uh, uh, mental health. For, fortunately for myself, I don't think I've had, I've, I've, maybe I've, I've probably got pretty good um, support structures um, uh, around me. I, I, have, I have to say I haven't really suffered too much um, 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 mentally. I've, I've just had, always had people to, uh, around me. Um, I'll give an example of, of, my, of myself. Um, my parents are not at home. They're not in Zim. They, my parents uh, live here. They are probably 10 minutes uh, to drive away. Um, uh, I've got friends who live not too far away from, from here as well. And um, I've, I've got my wife. So yeah, I've, I've never really struggled. Oh, you've, got, you've got good, uh, good support I've, structure I've, I've around you. Good, good, good structure around me. And, it's, and I think, you know, the way, when it comes to mental health, perhaps, uh, one of the best things is to have a, a, a good structure of really genuine people um, uh, around you who have your interests at heart and you have the interests at heart. It's, it's a two-way street. And yeah. Yeah. Well, well, the, way, the way I see it, Mina, is um, I think it's always good to talk to somebody whether things are going well or they're not going well. Um, somebody sort of like help you unpack like mm. whatever, you know, your thoughts. Um, you know, if you watch Insecure and that, like Molly keeps going, right? Um, to my captain, your captain, whatever. <laughs> so I, I, I think, I think that's a good thing. It's something I wanted to explore. Just, just, just go and and sit there and talk to somebody and just, you know. So uh, yeah, with my yeah, with my experience with that. Um, so last year, around this time, I lost my father. And at the time, I was like, I, because my dad and I were extremely close, like extremely, extremely close. That was very, very devastating for me. And I ended up joining this organization called the Dinner Party. And what they do is they, they put you with a group of people around whatever city you're in. So I'm here in Boston and you meet up with these people like once every two weeks, once a month. And these are people that have lost someone. And you just sit and you talk. And it was just the most liberating experience I'd ever had. And they ended up having this camp where they brought in people from all over the country and had like all of these like therapy sessions and these like group activities and stuff. And just being in a space where you could talk to someone that doesn't have any stakes in that conversation. Like you're talking to someone that doesn't know who my father is, is not a relative, doesn't care what I say about how I feel or how I felt about, about the loss. Um, and they don't give you advice either. They just, they just listen. They just, they just like, and that's, I think that's also the important thing, just, just being able to listen and giving advice. And it was just the most liberating, most beautiful experience ever. And 
and yeah so things like therapy things like group therapy um, if you're going through trauma no matter how big or small it is like seek out that help talk to someone that has no stakes in, in whatever you're going through and mostly talk to someone that just wants to listen and not really give advice and it's just it's the best best experience you ever have yeah that's a question yeah. i was going to ask is is it better to talk to someone who doesn't have a stake in it or does it always is or it doesn't really matter i think it just depends on the kind of person because like where it gets frustrating is you know lee say you come to me and you're like hey i've got this problem at work and or like you know what you're going to do like you know how you're going to solve it but you're just annoyed and you just really want to talk about it like you just really want to vent and it's it's it gets so frustrating when i'm there being like have you thought about this have you thought about that when you just you just want to say it out loud you want someone to listen in some cases, you just want someone to support you no matter how crazy it is, whatever you're suggesting. Because you just, you just want to feel supported, you want to feel heard, you want to feel validated. Um, so, yeah, definitely finding someone that has no stakes in it, but more importantly, find someone that will just... Um, I think, I think uh, considering where we come from, um, we, mental health was never a thing, a kaya. And any any and anything to do with mental health, you knew what he, uh, you know the, the sort of typical ah lo some you know, yeah, you know, it, 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 it always it always seemed yeah it always just seemed like anything that is mental health is like an extreme, you know, uh, it has to be some sort of extreme psychotic episode, you know, exactly. or nothing, and there's nothing else in between you know um so i think a, a lot of us especially men because i think as men we're just kind of we're not really taught to really tune into um into our feelings and talk and and that sort of thing so it gets very difficult when you're actually falling into depression to recognize that you're actually falling into depression you know until you know maybe someone else uh, kind of notice, dude, uh, these days with, uh, we don't see you, um, or if you've got a partner, you know, maybe you're sleeping more than normal, you know, I was like, yeah, Z, you know, you just, you know, <laughs> you, you, you're just doing things that are, you know, out of, out of, out of, out of character, um, yeah. You know, but we're now we're now in Waco, sometimes you don't you don't really recognize that yo, you know, I'm I'm really slowly sinking into depression here. And um yeah, I think that's where like as as guys we we will struggle. Um, and I think, with that. Yeah, and I think also like partners do have a place to play into this because what tends to happen a lot with partners is if you as a man start falling into depression and you start pulling back their immediate what, what you tend to hear a lot is um like oh you don't like why are you avoiding me why aren't you talking to me it's like you going into depression is as a slight against them yeah, and they yeah, don't reach out true. and i didn't realize that until this one person i dated like i was falling like like i just i was going through the most and doing what every man does just like retract you know start replying to people less uh start seeing people less and she generally don't, don't down answer and your like, phone. Yeah, don't answer my phone. And then she like Jenny sat me down and was like, "Hey, like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Do you want to talk about it? Do you want me to just listen? Like, like genuinely reaching out 
and being that helpful person as opposed to being like, why the fuck aren't you answering your phone? What the hell is wrong with you? What am I doing wrong? And you just like, sometimes you just, sometimes you just want someone to take care of you out. And, and, you know, yeah. I know like all men want to be hard all the times, but like, you know, behind closed doors, you just want someone to like, you know, just hold you down. And, like, <laughs> and it was that, ex- so it was that experience that made me realize that like, you know, for me, a big thing for part of that I'm looking for is if I can't be with someone that I can be vulnerable with and someone that doesn't take my mental health seriously, then not for it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah man. Um, no, that's fair. That's fair. It's been, it's been a, it's been a good, uh, it's, it's been a good chat. Um, I guess we, 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 we can uh, wrap it up here. If you guys want to say like where people can find you, um, Tavo. DM, DMs are open. DMs are open. <laughs> uh, guys, um, my name is Tavo uh, Dama. Um, you can find me on Twitter mostly. Uh, I am at mask, as in face mask, mask underscore mkabe. You know, so that's uh, that's why that's why Twitter. Um, um, you can also find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is i dot m dot gamma dot table. Yeah. Dava. Hello, everyone. My name is Dava. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, even though my Twitter is a bit rogue. And on Twitter and on Instagram, same handles. I. N D A B Z. I dubs. I dubs. Ali. Okay, I'm on Twitter and Instagram uh, as well. Uh, just type Lee Cabo L I, and then my surname's Cabo K H A B O. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll find me. So um, yeah, I'm reachable there. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, uh, I'm I'm Tor I'm Tor Moyo. Um, is my handle on on Twitter and Todd Moyo on Instagram. So if, um, if any of you guys that, that are listening, if you've got anything to, any comments, just uh, tag uh, Girl in Skies or Boy in Skies, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe we should start a Boy in Skies. <laughs> nah, just tag Boy in Girl in Skies. Um, and let, let, you know, let, let us know what you think about what we discussed today. Today. Are your are your DMs open? Uh, no, thank you. I did you put I, you on the spot? Do you put in? I, no, it does. That doesn't mean anything. My DMs are just not open. I just don't. Um, I got bent once, so. <laughs> you the... <laughs> you want to tell the tale? So, um, <laughs> do, do you do you need to talk? <laughs> you need to talk. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. You're good. But, yeah. <laughs> We don't have to as well. Huh? <laughs> you need to tell the tale so that we're not burnt as well. Listen. No, I'm not Okay. Nah, uh, guys. That's been good, guys. Thanks, man. Man. Love you we should do All this right. again. Absolutely. Definitely. We should. We should. Make sure. All right. Later guys. Later guys.